We certainly welcome you this morning. It's so good to see you in God's house. And uh, if you're visiting with us today, I know many invite family, and we got a lot of people out traveling, including my own family. And uh, shortly after the service today, I'll actually be jumping in the car and making my way over to Louisiana, the, the, the promised land. Amen. Going to eat some, going to eat some gumbo and some jambalaya and spend time with family. But I want you to know that if you're visiting with us and you say, "Man," You know, I don't really connect with anybody or any church or, or have family to spend time with. Can I tell you the truth of the gospel? Is it when your life is in God's hands, you are never alone. And God certainly understands that we need fellowship and we need family. So if you're visiting with us, we certainly invite you to come back and to make yourself a part of this great congregation. Because I'll tell you this, there's nowhere else I'd rather be and no other people I'd want to be around than right here today with you folks. Amen. So today, if you turn to Isaiah 9, Isaiah 9, we're going to look at a few verses, and again, I won't be super long, but I want to tell you today, as we celebrate Christmas, that God sent His best, and He sent His gift of His Son, because we needed a Savior, amen? That we couldn't create or produce our own Savior, so God had to come and do the work for us. And it's a beautiful thing. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need would have been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. But since our greatest need is forgiveness, God sent a Savior. Are you thankful this morning that God sent His Savior to us? 700 years before Christ, a prophet of God named Isaiah saw the manger scene. He saw Christmas Day, the Lord revealed what was going to happen 700 years later. And Isaiah 9, verse 6, in 700 years before, there's over 300 Old Testament promises of who the Messiah would be, of his nature, his disposition. And even you see in the Christmas story so many beautiful characters, and, and Anna and Zechariah and his wife, and they were barren, and God announces that he would not pass away until he saw the Lord's Messiah. We talked about the genealogy uh, this Christmas season, that God is us and God is with us. Two of the main things you need to know at Christmas is that we couldn't produce our own Savior. So God spoke to the prophet Isaiah all the way back 700 years before he ever showed up, and he told us exactly the disposition of who Messiah would be. Look at verse uh, 9 of Isaiah 9 this morning. For unto us a child is born, and this is talking about Jesus, might be in verse 7. To us a son is given, the son of God, given to us the gift of grace. And the government, everybody say government, will be on his shoulders, and he would be called. That's amazing. 700 years before Messiah, he's talking about who we would call Messiah, the disposition of Messiah, who he would be to us, not just the name Jesus, which means he will save his people from his sins. But this morning I came to just tell you some good news, that he said he would be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Not just one name, but four names that we see who God is. How many are thankful he's a wonderful counselor? Amen. How many are thankful that he's the Prince of Peace? I started off a few weeks ago and told you that sometimes we just have to choose peace. Amen? Peace isn't something that we find in our circumstances, but peace literally is a person. Isaiah is prophesying here and letting us know who God would be in Jesus for us at any given time. 
and not only peace, but he announces to the shepherds, of course, not just peace, but great joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Now, if you're like me, I've gone through the last couple of weeks, and, and my joy has been like a roller coaster. I'll just I'll be honest with you, because I would kind of get in the Christmas spirit and then find out uh, this one is not doing well, or I'd get in the Christmas spirit and find out this one's in the hospital, and I'd get in the Christmas spirit... And, you know, I just got in my truck just a few days ago after leaving a particular place praying for uh, one of our members here. And I sat down and I just, I, I preached Wednesday night about Emmanuel, God with us, and how important it is to remember in this season that you are not alone. That God said he would be with us. And I just began to repeat as I was driving and praying for the person I just left. I said, Lord, you're with us. Sometimes that's hard to see, isn't it? Sometimes as we walk through the difficulties in the darkness, it can be tough to remember that God gave us promises here in his word. And number one, he said he's a wonderful counselor. Everybody say counselor. I want you to know this morning, God is all-knowing and God is all-seeing. That's important to understand because God knows your history far better than even you yourself know your history. He knows the way he created you. He knows the things that you do, where you go, all these different things. And sometimes we, uh, we move past the wonderful part. Can I tell you, he's not just a counselor, but he's a wonderful counselor. Listen, he's the kind of counselor that not only help you and, and show you what to do. So when you get, go to a counselor, you say, hey, I need some counsel on a particular uh, issue in my life. And God says he's not just a counselor, he's a wonderful counselor. What that means is that when you get God's heart and mind on any given situation, he not only will counsel you, he'll give you the power to do it. That's who our God is this morning. And that's a beautiful image of God, that not only will he counsel you through his word, through trusted friends, but he will actually help you do it. And I don't know what your problem you may have come in here with today. Could be teenagers. I got two of them. Come on, somebody. Could be your wife makes you wear sweater vests every Sunday or what, what, whatever the problem. You may still be needing that, that last-minute gift. Believe it or not, I'm going to stop on my way out of town this afternoon and finish a couple things. And at this point, it's just gift cards, right? Right? It's just really it's just gift cards. Yeah, go in and pick up a gift card for a couple people in my family on my way out. But I want you to know today that not only is God a wonderful counselor, but number two, he's a mighty God. Everybody say mighty God. You know what that means in the Hebrew? That means he's invincible. Come on, somebody. We just sang about it. Is our God was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And this isn't Easter this morning, but a lot of times we wake up on Christmas morning and we forget whatever problem that we're facing. Our God said he would be a mighty God, a wonderful counselor. And maybe you have had this thinking of Jesus as just meek and mild, and that's certainly true. But he was humble and gentle. Jesus was strong. Come on. He was. But Jesus is the champion, the warrior. Not just the warrior, but he's a winner. Because sometimes we need a victor to fight our battles. As I was praying the other day and, and praying for folks in the church, we had several different things going on at the same time. And I just began to remind myself that God is victorious. Amen? That God is a healer. Amen? God is a God who will walk through every place and season and valley that you are in in your life. What that tells me is if you came in today and you're having, having a struggle, that your God is the strength that you'll find in the struggle that you're facing here this morning. I said it Wednesday night, but I'll repeat it again and probably repeat it many more times. Christmas is a magnifier. 
It is. It's a magnifier. If you came into the Christmas season, just everything's going well, and there's no sickness in your family, and everybody's together, there's no empty places at the table this year, then sometimes that magnifies our joy. And if you came into the Christmas season and you are dealing with loss over the last couple of years, it's a magnifier. And I want you to know this morning that God said that he would be a, an awesome God to each one of us. Amen. Thank God that for a Savior that gets all up in our struggles. Amen? Because when we're struggling, we can invite God to come into that struggle. We can invite Him to come into that place. And Isaiah then called Him Everlasting Father. Isn't that beautiful? Really stop and think about that for a minute. Because not only is He a wonderful counselor, not only is He a mighty God, but He said He would be an Everlasting Father. What this speaks of is a forever love that God has for His people. If you came in today and you just need reminded here in the Christmas season of this very simple truth, that God is an everlasting Father, that there is no end to His beautiful love. There is no end to His concern for your situation. There is no end to His concern for the care that He has for you. Does that bless you today? It blesses me. And number, th- number four today is the Prince of Peace. And he's a ruler. It says he's the prince. But the real question is, what kind of rule will he bring? Jesus was born a king. It's the only one in, only baby in history. A thousand babies were born and became king. But only one time did a baby become a, did a king become a baby. Amen? Amen? Only one time in history did a king come from heaven to earth. And what kind of rule would he bring? What kind of what would he bring with him? Well, of course, he's a wonderful counselor. He's a, he's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. But it finally says that he is the prince of peace. We look around the world that we live in, and we sang about it just a minute ago, is things are getting darker. Things are getting more difficult. Things we look around, and we're not even beginning to recognize all the different things. Every day that you open your phone and read the news, there's some other thing going on. But can I tell you today, when the angels announce great tidings of great joy and peace. Those are the same tidings that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today because what kind of rule would Jesus bring and set up? He will bring a rule of peace. Now let me remind every Christian and every believer in God who's been washed in the blood and who has entered by faith into a covenant with God through Jesus. I want to tell you something today. Your peace is not predicated upon your circumstances this morning. It is about a person. So no matter what we see around us, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what tries to get at your heart this Christmas season, he said he would be the prince, the ruler of peace. You just have to believe and enjoy and enter into that place of peace. We oftentimes think peace is the absence of conflict, but when the Bible speaks of peace, it's the presence of a person, wholeness, Every area, relationships, finances, health. In the Hebrew, that simply means that the Prince of Peace will reconcile all things. So if you're walking through a time where there is no peace in your life, let me tell you this morning that God is a reconciler. And He's not only a reconciler, we see at Christmas that God is a redeemer. Amen? He redeems things. So... We can have peace at Christmas. The Prince of Peace to the confused and chaotic world. And I came to tell some folk this morning, He is a right now Savior. He wants to be your wonderful counselor. 
He wants to be your mighty God. He wants to be the Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but at any given time in my life, I need all four of those. Amen? I need all four of them. But here's where I want to end up today. And it's found right there in the text we read, if you'll go back to uh, verse 7 of Isaiah 9. Verse 7. Sorry I gave you the wrong uh, verse a moment ago. Verse 7 says, Of the greatness of his government. Everybody say government. And peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. Everybody say ever. Now there's a word found in the two passages of scripture that we look and we say, you may say, okay, pastor, I hear that he, he wants to be an everlasting father. God wants to be my prince of peace. He wants to be a wonderful counselor. Not only counsel me in the way I should go or what I should do, but God also empowers you to do what he's counseling you to do. He's a mighty God. But there's two, two times in that verse that it says this. Government. Everybody say government. Because that's an important word because what I found after doing pastoring for a lot of years is that there's a lot of people. I don't know anybody that you would ever meet that you would look at them and say, would you like to have God's help? You look at them and you say, hey, I see a lot of turmoil in your life. Would you like to have God's peace in your life? You look at people and you say, wouldn't you love to get counseled by God? Wouldn't you love God just to show up and to show you the direction or how to pray for a person or what to do in your family or whatever situation that may be facing you going into this Christmas 2023, heading into 2024? I have found that a lot of people want those things from God, but there's a key found in that verse that we often miss and we overlook it because we think, okay, God's government is going to come at a future time when he returns and sets up his kingdom as a physical kingdom on this earth for a thousand years. We don't just sing that at Christmas, and you may sing it and pass right over it. God will come back and rule and reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. But few people... They want all those things, but few people want a governor or a king. Amen? Are you hearing me this morning? Few people, and let me tell you today, this Christmas Eve, you'll never get God's best if you don't offer yourself to God. Amen? You will never get God's best until you offer your best to God. Jesus came to be Lord and King, and those names can be a reality in your life. But here's the key. You have got to make him king. Because sometimes we wonder, and this is a season when we celebrate, this is a season of Christmas cheer. And Again, your life might have been marked by something difficult happened, maybe a bad doctor's report or maybe something going on in each one of your lives. But I want to tell you what a, a huge secret is this morning. It's to finally release and surrender control of your life over to the one who created you, the one who loves you, the one who called himself the everlasting father, the one whose love knows no end and knows no bounds. At Christmas, if there's one thing that you should see is the fact that, that Jesus was born to sacrifice his life for you and I on that cross. That Jesus was born, and that that's the tension of Christmas. He was born... People came and they bowed down and worshipped him. We know that in the Christmas story. They bowed down and they recognized who Jesus was, even as a small baby. And I wonder this morning, do you recognize who he is? Do you recognize 
that he wants to be your everlasting father. And that is a decision that we have to make. That this Christmas time is a beautiful time to really refocus ourselves. And maybe perhaps even, even you need that peace. You need that everlasting father. You need that mighty God to show up in your life and in a situation. And I just came to tell you something simple. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He didn't have to come. He didn't have to come and, and live the life that he did where he was fully God and he was fully man. He was the beautiful Savior of the entire world. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. In Isaiah, it says, the government shall be upon his shoulders. I feel led to say this in this moment. You came in here and some of you have a lot of stuff on your shoulders. You may have a, the weight of sin on your shoulders this morning. Let me tell you something. You, should, you shouldn't be carrying that weight. You should lay it down at Jesus' feet. You shouldn't be carrying the weight of your own salvation when Jesus said, I've got to carry this for you. So from my pastor's heart to the people here, there's no better gift that you could give your everlasting Father than to surrender your life completely and allow the government not to be on your shoulders. You think you have to have it all figured out. Can I tell you this morning, there's one that has it all figured out for you. That we can enter into a place of trust this morning in Jesus and finally surrender everything to Him. So that's my simple question is, a lot of people want that aspect of the Father, but they want to continue to call their own shots and they want to continue to rule and run their own life. But can I tell you, the gospel isn't that you get to do your own thing. The gospel is you surrender everything to Him. And a beautiful thing happens. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us very clearly that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, it says we shall be saved. Whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Let me ask you a question this Christmas Eve 2023. With every eye closed and every head bowed, just given the the, the gift of, of just you and Jesus right now in this moment, and he's speaking to your heart. Holy Spirit, do your work right now. I get the impression and get the picture that some of you have just been wrestling with God. You're like a Jacob that's wrestling with God. He's If there's one thing that Christmas teaches this church, it's that God will show up and God will continue to knock on the door and God will continue to pursue and God will continue to speak to us, to bring us into a place of relationship with Him. So hear the voice. Don't hear my voice this morning. Hear and sense the presence of a holy God in this room today because He's here. His presence is here. I felt it since the moment I walked in this room this morning. It's not because it's Christmas. It's because God circled December 24, 2023 for you to finally quit wrestling with Him and to surrender everything, to give the government that's on your shoulders over onto his shoulders. 
to give rule over your life. Uh, so I want to ask you a question. Aren't you tired of messing up your life? I did. I got tired of messing up my life over 23 years, 22 years ago when I finally just bowed down and surrendered and said, Jesus, I don't want to carry the shame and the sin and all this junk anymore. It is literally about to break me. God, I surrender everything to you. So I asked a question this morning. Who just says, I'm going to surrender everything to God? Would you just shoot up your hand? We want to pray together and pray for you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. This is the most beautiful gift that you could possibly give to your Heavenly Father is for you to surrender your heart to Him and receive Him today. So can we pray this together? Heavenly Father, this Christmas season, I come to you as a sinner in need of grace. Today, I surrender my life to you. I repent of my sin. I believe that you came, that you died, paid the penalty for my sin, rose again on the third day, and I invite you now to come into my life change my heart I bow down to you in Jesus holy name amen those of you who raise your hand welcome to the family of God amen we're going to go back into a time of worship if I could have our guys come and do our communion we're going to celebrate Christmas communion together amen and while they're worshiping, I encourage you just to sing along, but we're going to pass out the elements and we're going to do Christmas communion. If you'll take those elements in your hands, and we stand in reverence and honor of what we're about to partake of. And I love the fact that Jesus was born in what is known as the city of bread. And we see that as a symbol that later Jesus would declare that I am the bread of life. That if we're hungry, if we're thirsty, if we have need, that Jesus opens his arms and opens his heart for us to come to him when we come to him honestly. And when I think about that, it's simplified, but it's still very true. If I'm the king of the universe, I'm going to be, built, I'm going to be born in a palace, right? I'm going to be born somewhere high and lofty, but we see the nature of our God and the nature that we take on as believers. And what that tells me is that God wanted just the common everyday people to know that he didn't just come for the high and mighty or the lofty or the rich, but he came for the broken. He came for those who were walking through life and we're facing great difficulties and hardships and darkness. And the house of bread is one of life's most common things. God wanted his son to be available to all because bread was ready, readily available. Christ was born in Bethlehem to satisfy our spiritual hunger. Jesus said in John 6:35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Christ was born in Bethlehem to show us that each of us must choose him as Savior for ourselves. If one person eats a meal, then it doesn't satisfy the hunger of everybody else. But he was born in Bethlehem to show us that he came lowly and came humble, to show us that he is the bread of life, 
and certainly to show us that we are all partakers, as 1 Corinthians says, of one bread, of one spirit, of one heart. So Christmas communion means to me that I am as connected to you as I am to him. That he said as he gathered with his disciples on the night that he was betrayed, it says that he took bread and he broke it. You think about bread, but bread is something that has to be ground up and crushed before it's made into something usable. I know many of you in this room have gone through a season of crushing or even still in the middle of it. Can I tell you, God's making something beautiful. That is God's promise to us. He took it and it says he broke the bread. And he said, take ye, do this in remembrance of me. You may partake of the bread this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your body that we just partook of. Father, I pray that it would mean health to every person present, every person listening online, and most of all, God, our communion, Father, is a reminder that we're all connected. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. When one weeps, we all weep. So, Father, let the healing power of the body, the stripes that you bore upon that cross, let it manifest in every home, every family, and every person this Christmas season. And once again, Father, send your Holy Spirit out to watch over, protect, and heal our brothers and sisters in hospitals even right now this morning, Father. Verse 20 of 1 Corinthians says in the same way after the supper he took the cup would you just lift that up before you and jesus we honor your sacrifice today as we remember your birth we honor the fact that you willingly no one took your life jesus you laid it down so that this christmas season we not only celebrate where you were born and celebrate the bread of life that you've offered us but we celebrate the precious blood no blood no forgiveness no cradle, no cross, no crown, but you sit on an eternal throne this morning. And Lord, as you instructed us to do in your word, Father, we take this cup and we remember that this cup is the new covenant in your blood, which is poured out for each and every person here today. We honor your blood. We honor your word. You may partake of the communion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's turn those lights down. I told Alexis this morning, I said, it's not Christmas time unless we sing Silent Night, y'all. Come on. Isn't there a beautiful presence in this house today? I tell you what, if you're with your family, just get a little closer right there. Maybe gather your kids up right there in front of you. And if you would, remember this as we sing this, that you are, he is the light of the world and you are salt and light in this world. So I want to encourage you the rest of the week, the rest of the year, but especially tomorrow and the next few days, remember that we are to shine our light of love, of grace, of hope, and of freedom everywhere that we go. I want to do something as I was standing back there. This time of year is when we get to enjoy a lot of freedoms paid for by other people. 
And I was really thinking a moment ago about our first responders, police officers, and our troops that are stationed overseas. Can we lift them up in a world that's gone topsy-turvy, in a world, and we're also going to do this, as is commanded in the Bible, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God loves his holy city. Do not be mistaken. So we're going to pray for those things. Would you join me, and I'll pray and, and pray a prayer of blessings, a Christmas blessing over you as I do this, and you can be dismissed with, I hope your heart full of the goodness of God this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do do that. We remember not only you and your birth, your sacrifice, and celebrate it today, that we are forgiven because you love us so very much. You sent your one and only Son into the world that through him the world would not be condemned, but through him the world would be saved. If we believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Today, Father, we remember our first responders, our police, our firefighters, and God, especially our wonderful troops that keep us safe today. God, we pray for your mercy and protection to be upon them and over them. Lord, we pray as is commanded in your word to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, would you be with your people, God. Father, I bless the people of Christian Center Church today. They're blessed as they've come in and blessed as they go out. Father, I pray that your hand would be upon them. Your heart would fill their heart with love. And that, Lord God, as we gather back together at the appointed time, that, Lord, you would keep everybody safe and under your covering. We also continue to lift up and pray for healing over our brothers and sisters who need it today, Father. May you, God, bless each and every family, each and every heart, and each and every person that calls Christian Center Church home with your mighty presence this, this Christmas season, Lord. We love and praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I love you. If I didn't get a chance to tell you Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Love you all. And I'm heading out to Louisiana, so I'll eat some jambalaya for you all, okay?